When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen. A small, local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the Marshmallow Couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your marshmallow couch and other sweet treats at modernappalachiankitchen.com. We are part of the 1012 Patreon. Please be a part of our 1012 Patreon where you can get behind the scenes information, show participation, and other things. It is www.patreon.com slash 1012 network. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting the Raspy Voice Kids. Raspy Voice! This is Brandon Phoenix, aka I Also Hate Pit, joined by my brother. Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. Let's get it, man. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. It's time to talk West Virginia football, a little West Virginia basketball, some college sports in general, and then we're going to hit the NFL. We're going to do it quick because we got stuff to do, but here we go. Jeremy, what did you think of the Mountaineers win over Cincinnati? Hey, man, a win is a win is a win. And I know a lot of people will say this and that. And I know you have a lot of feelings about it, Brandon. I'll let you go first. How, how, what, what are your feelings about the win against Cincinnati? No, I don't have a lot of feelings. A win is a win is a win. It is a win. I object to people calling it a great win. It was not a great win. Cincinnati stinks. They're bad. I said it before the game, not after. So it's not trying to take credit away. It's calling it like I see it. Cincinnati is bad at football. But we beat them the way that we should beat a bad football team at home. Neil Brown and boys went out and they did their job. They handled business against a struggling football team the way you would expect a competent team to do. So I have no qualms with it. I object to calling it a great win, like Neil Brown called it, because I don't think it is a great win. You played a scrub team. You should have beaten them the way that you did. Now, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying in the history of Neil Brown, and maybe this is what we've been reduced to, but listen clear. In the history of Neil Brown, wins like this don't happen very often, Brandon. Very often at all. I think you have to go back 
I, I don't know. I mean, I'll give you some of the. What the do you big mean wins, wins like this don't happen? What do you mean? What I'm saying when we blow teams out, when we okay. beat them okay. on both sides of the ball like we should, and the game's not even close. Go back to 2020. We beat TCU 24 to six. Under Neil Brown, I think uh, uh, we beat Kansas State 37 10. That's two right there. We beat Kansas in in uh, 2020 38 17. We also beat Virginia Tech on September 22nd, 33-10 to 10, uh, in 2022. What I'm saying is we have a handful of games in the past five years where we have blown teams out. And now I understand. And when I talk about blowing teams out, I'm talking about power five teams. I understand. Maybe we've been reduced to this. But if you're not going to feel good over this win, when are you going to feel good? We had a running back who went out there and did his thing. Brandon, when I watched him play and I watched him run, I told you, He's the best running back that I've seen since Colbert and Zaraway. I, I Wendell Smallwood. Like, this guy has that kind of juice, that kind of potential, that kind of uh, fire. Like, I watched him, his quickness. There's so many times I have running back envy when I look at other teams. Even, even when they were talking about C.J. Donaldson, and I like the dude. Even when they were talking about Letty Brown, I like the dude. But when I saw other teams in the Big 12 and their running backs, I felt a certain way, like, man, I... I Kind of rather have that guy. And there were multiple people. When I see Jahim White doing his thing, Brandon, like I said, look, we feel how we feel about Neil Brown. He's not the guy. But when you see a product that we could, I don't want to say be proud of, but just makes you feel good, you got to take it. Because if you're not going to feel good after a big win like this, and I'll say big win because we blow them out, not because they were a great team, because we blown, blew them out like we should have, then when are you going to feel good? And the thing is, I'm over it. I'm over feeling bad of, of mediocre seasons. I'm, I'm done with, I'm just done with it all. So when I get an opportunity to feel good, really good, I don't care if they're a stink team or not. Jahim did his thing. Garrett Green did his thing. Two, two twenty, uh, 100 and some yards on the ground, 100 and some yards in the air. Touchdowns, three touchdowns running, a touchdown passing. That's fun for me. Because once again, I understand, and I'm not going to call you the naysayers, but the people who understand what it is, because it's not that exciting, I understand that. But if you're not going to get excited and, and appreciate West Virginia winning like this, then it's going to be a while for you. And I, don't, and I don't disparage you for that because you have a certain expectation. I have just chose to appreciate what I get when I get it because that's where I've been beaten down to. And I felt good winning it. And afterwards, I sang Country Roads, even though I was at work at the top of my lungs. I love it. I love it. It makes me feel bad. Hey, we dropped the ball against Houston. We shouldn't have beat Oklahoma State. Our record probably should be better than what it is. I get it. Neil Brown, no, he's not the guy. But when we get a win like this, when we have a, a, a chance and a reason to feel good, I'm not going to question it. I'm going to just feel good because my, my mind's already made up. So when I, I'll feel good when I can. I feel good. I'm not excited. That's the difference between me and you, I think. You are excited about the win. No, I'm I not. Feel- no, I am not. Oh, you said country I mean, roads at the top of your lungs. It sounded like that's why I was like with the way you were expressing it made it sound to me like you were excited. I, I don't know. Excited. Excited for me makes me feel like expectation. I wasn't excited. I was 
happy. I was satisfied. Joyous. You were satisfied. I was satisfied. Excited Satiated. is like excited is like, oh, this could be. I don't think none of that. I See, think we beat a stink team. But I'm glad I got to feel good because Cincinnati can't say nothing. We should have beat them back with the Brian Kelly years. We got them. We whipped them like the G5 team that they are. Our team ran the ball like we we haven't done in a very long time. We got a running back who looks good. I'm not saying this does anything for the future. I'm telling you about in that game, when the game ended, I was happy. Not excited. It's like, it's like what's happened with West Virginia sports is they've starved us, Jeremy. Yeah, they have starved yep. us for a good meal. We haven't had our favorite meal in so long. We haven't had a good meal in so long that we will eat pretty much anything they offer us. So when they serve us hot food, because this was not just a meal, this wasn't just sa- soup and sandwiches. This was a hot meal they served us this past Saturday when they whipped Cincinnati. We scarf it down, and we should scarf it down because you don't know when you're getting a hot meal again. But I do this time. I actually do this time. I know when we're getting a hot meal again. You know how I know? <laughs> because Cincinnati is one and seven in the conference, three and eight overall, number 14 in the Big 12 standings. Do you know who number 13 is, Jeremy? Who? Baylor at two and six in the conference, three and eight overall. Dave Aranda's head on the chopping block, his butt firmly on a hot seat. But see, Dave Ar- but no, but see, that's the difference, Brandon. You know when you're going to get your next hot meal. You're thinking it, about it already. Yeah. I'm not thinking about my next hot meal. I'm yeah. just scarfing down everything I can right now because I don't know when. I knew we were going to beat Cincinnati. I said that we were going to be able to run the ball on them. We should be able to throw the ball on them. Jeremy, the same thing is true against Baylor. Baylor gives up nearly five yards per carry rushing to their opponents. Garrett Green and Jahim White have to be licking their chops looking at those stats. They gave up nearly 30. They give up over 33 points. Brandon, are you game. really talking? Are you really talking stats to me? Brandon, give, Brandon Jeremy, what, was Houston, what I'm telling what was you right Houston, now. What was Houston doing before we played them? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. 12th, I can't. I can't, I can't standings. No, I can't look for the next hot meal. All I'm saying is for this week, I'm scarfing down the food I have, putting some in my pockets. Because I don't know. I don't know when it's going to come next. And now you're sitting here saying, hey, yo, I heard about a food kitchen on the corner of. And, <laughs> and there's a couple of weeks ago, you told me the same thing. And the food kitchen was closed when we got there. <laughs> I thought for sure we would beat Houston. We should have beaten Houston. There's no excuse for losing to Houston. It is one of the reasons I don't believe in Neil Brown. But I, I do believe we're going to beat uh, Baylor. Do you hear what I'm, I'm saying bo- now? Do you I hear what, what you're saying. saying. You're, I hear what you're saying. You're right. You're right. But that's pathetic. It's pathetic that we cannot expect wins against the 12th, 13th, and 14th teams in our conference. No, and you're right. It is pathetic. But but that's but I do, personally, I think we've turned a corner. And the main reason I think we've turned a corner is because Jaheim White is a starting running back now. Yeah. And, I feel, and I feel like that's one of the big differences. Doug Nestor should be back. C.J. Donaldson should be back. That should make a big difference. We shouldn't have, we should have basically two starters at running back spelling each other through that game. So we should have no excuse going down to Waco, beating their brains in, winning by at least two touchdowns against the Baylor Bears. These are the sentiments that get people hurt. I'm not, I'm not going to be hurt. I'm going to be aggravated. 
Yeah, see? These are such miscommunicated. <laughs> I look, Brandon, I'm so busy stuffing stuff in my pockets. I still I still got a few parcels left in my in my pocket, a couple pieces of ham in my pocket that I'm eating on until Saturday. Saturday is going to be Saturday. What's the good book talk about? Don't worry about tomorrow's problems. Worry yeah. about today's. Yeah. Right now, we yeah, in a good spot. Uh, right for, now. <laughs> sufficient for each day is its own badness. I love that scripture. You know what I mean? So, can we talk real quick? Can we talk Jimbo Fisher real quick? Very well, we gotta quick. We got to talk. We gotta, Brandon, already. how did we miss Jimbo a couple weeks ago? Like, I feel like we've been, we've been, uh, we, we missed. We missed last week. Do you about want Jimbo. Jimbo? Do you want Jimbo in Morgantown? Listen here. Jimbo's from West Virginia. Jimbo Fisher coached under Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship. Then he went to Texas A&M. He has had one, like, number one recruiting class. Brandon, are you serious? I absolutely do not want Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. (laughs) Number one recruiting classes, and you put up that garbage? There's only nope. there, there, there's only a small percent. There's 70 percent of me says no. Thirty percent of me says yes. The only reason why the thirty percent says yes is in order for our program not to be a stepping stone program where somebody wins and goes on to the next thing. I think Jimbo Fisher may be one of the few people who, if he came home to West Virginia, he has seventy six million dollars in his pocket. This man's paid. He's won a national championship. His guys want a Heisman. I think maybe if he comes home, even with success at West Virginia, I think this might be his final destination point, and we may have a, a coach for the next 10 years. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, that's the way I feel. I feel like maybe he could come home, and we don't have to worry about the big boys coming and taking him if he does a good job. Because any other coach that we get out there that is not attached to the state of West Virginia we're stepping stone. That's the only thing that makes me kind of consider Jimbo is if he comes here and if he does a good jo- a job, two big ifs. I don't think he's going anywhere else because he doesn't mean the dude don't need money. He really doesn't. You sum up exactly how I feel. Everything you said is how I feel about Jimbo. So now let's talk basketball. There's really not much to say about this basketball team. Josh Eilert's doing the best he can. He's making some changes. He's doing some wrinkles. He's experimenting with the lineup. They're changing from man to 2-3 zone. Jeremy, they just don't have the guys. They don't have the bodies. You don't have the guys. You don't have the bodies. Like, what if Josh Eilert wanted to play press Virginia? What if Josh Eilert wanted to play a different style defense? You know what? He can't. He has to stay in that 2-3 zone. You know why? Because you don't have enough fouls or enough stamina to 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 go a whole game with seven guys. He's in a predicament. He's in a position that's unenviable. And the worst part is, even if he gets Kirk Ressa back and a cook a cook back, that's only two, and neither one of them are real scores. Now it gives you a little bit more when you have a nine-man rotation. I still don't see a score. Kirk Carissa is a facilitator. Who's he passing it to? Who in West Virginia right now is hitting shots that you're like, oh, get this guy open. He's gonna knock down a shot. Blazinski. Sosinski, yeah, that's it. That's just like Hot Boy being there. When Hot Boy was there, he could hit a shot when he was open. But you know what? Defenses knew that, and they put everybody on him. Yeah. Right, and if I remembered his real name, I would say it right now. But Sean, Sean McNeil, Sean McNeil. Um. So when you only have one shooter, it, it's tough to do that. And he's just been put in a bad spot because you don't have enough guys. And when people 
want to get irritated. And by the way, our our fan base has been great with this whole Josh Eiler thing. That's how I feel. I feel like everybody's been great. They they've not. There've been very few people who've been ridiculous. They've seen um, it for what it is. Yes, exactly. That's how I feel about it. They see it for what it is. They appreciate and respect Josh Eiler for what he's doing. They respect the players who are here for what they are doing. There's been very few people calling for hugs to return. But I do think it's ridiculous the people who are calling for hugs to return as if this is not Bob Huggins' fault. Thank you so much. That was the point I was going to bring up. This is not a Ren Baker problem. This is not a Josh Islet problem. I mean, it is now, but the genesis of it wasn't. We love Coach Huggins. Coach Huggins has done so much for this university. But the genesis of this problem is one person and one person squarely. When you were upset with our basketball team not producing the way they could have or should have or had all these transfers and people transferring out and people transferring in, it's one person's fault that we're in this situation. Hate it or love it, that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know how there could be any other argument any other way. It, that's pure and simple, the facts of the matter. And anybody who says otherwise is ridiculous. And people who are saying they should give him a second chance, he had a second chance. He was on his second chance, and he blew it. Literally. Literally. What's about to say? Literally. And so my, my thing is, it's not that anybody's saying you got to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. And and I'm not saying that Bob Huggins should be hey. demonized. Hey, Poe po Body's nerfic. Poe Body's nerfic. I'm not saying evil should be called down on the man's head. Everybody makes mistakes. I get that. Everybody's imperfect. I get that. But the situation we're in is because of Bob Huggins, and there was nothing that Gordon Gee or Ren Baker could do other than what they did. As soon as I heard the news, I knew what was going to happen, and Bob Huggins had to know too. So that's just where we are. I, I can't believe we're still talking about it. What do you make of him being at the games? Do you, I, think, that's good? Do you think that's good or do you think it's bad? I, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, kind of good. That he's there. I don't want him to overshadow anything. I don't think the coaching staff feels that he's overshadowing anything or the players will. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's a deal at all. If we were winning, I feel like it would be different. We're losing and he's there. I, I don't know. I feel kind of, I mean, I feel this way about uh, Coach K at Duke. Coach K said he didn't want to be a distraction, yet he is making different. I mean, it's not a major deal at Duke, but he is taking limelight away from. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Shire, John Shire at Duke in moments, but it's not the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world that Bob Huggins is there. I do think it's a distraction, though, because of the way that he left and because he won't let it go and he will not accept responsibility. Um, that's my thought process, but I don't think it's that big a deal. It is what it is. No, I agree. I agree. Um, are you ready to talk? College football playoff. Let's do it. Let's do it. College football playoff. Jeremy, did the committee get it right? Georgia yeah, for won. Now. For yeah, now. for now. Go ahead. All right, all right, all. Tell us the top. Go ahead. I'll let, I'll let you go down. Well, let me look real quick. I had it queued up, and then I... It's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Washington 4, Florida State 5, Oregon 6. I think you need to add in Texas seven, Alabama eight, because that that that's coming down the pike. 
So that's then the big discussion so, points. So, so then should Louisville number nine at ten and one be named? No, because they're going to play Florida State in the ACC championship game. Who's undefeated? Yeah, it, and people are also all. First of all, Louisville lost to Pitt. Game over. Okay, game, game over. over. Game over. No, no. Missouri has two losses right behind but, Alabama at nine. Game over. Yeah, we're no, we're done talking about that. Okay, so now who? What do we think? They got it right for now. Is Ohio State Michigan an elimination game? One hundred percent. You know why? Because neither one of their strength schedules. I mean, maybe the strength of schedule will be. I don't know, a little higher. No, no. Ohio, Ohio State. Their strength of schedule is is decent. It's actually pretty good. Michigan plays nobody, Jeremy. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. So and so whole, Ohio State loses. They lost to a team who plays nobody. And if Michigan loses, then you have you you played nobody. And then when you did, you lost. So you're out. And more important, Michigan shouldn't be in because they cheated and we all know it. By the way, Brandon, you were right all year long. I've not been paying attention to Ohio State this year because I was sure they were going to lose. Nope. They're not that great. And all of a sudden, now every week, they're looking better and better and better. Brandon, you might be right. If Ohio State wins, I'm sorry. I, I can't say this. I can't say this online. But if Ohio State wins the national championship, I just don't know how much more I'm going to be able to talk about college football. That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> talk about talk about anything. <laughs> but, you, you, do you want to know? You Yeah, you know, you know one thing that bugs me? People talking about J.J. McCarthy being in the Heisman finalist race when Brandon, he's played I nobody. Know, I know. Kyle McCord, know. Has, Kyle McCord has better stats than J.J. McCarthy, Jeremy, or about yes. the same stat. At the very least, about the same stat. In the and best people, receiving core in the country. That's true. That's true. But his stats are about the same as J.J. McCarthy's. Brandon, but opinion, all this, all this is a moot point. No business. All this is a moot point. Because ain't nobody beating Georgia. You say that now. <laughs> I was sure you're going to kill me for all the stuff I was saying. Oh, I yeah. Like, I, I, for, I forgot. I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you know, I've come around a little bit. Alabama's better than what I thought. Brandon, I Brandon, I so so just to let you guys in. I've been telling Brandon for a few weeks. I can't wait for Alabama to play Georgia. You said it on this podcast. Bank Georgia. I cannot wait for Alabama to play Georgia to show them who the true kings of the SEC are. As weeks go by, Brandon, I'll be honest with you, Brandon. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody's beaten the new dynasty. In the squad, who's always been my favorite team, second favorite team, <laughs> Damn, Georgia. Shout out to my boys. Shout out. No, seriously, even back in the day, Mark Rick, that was always like, that's my dude. Zach Miles. Shout out to Zach Miles. Zach Miles. In the All right. So now, who do you have this week for rivalry week? Not named Ohio State, Michigan. What game are you looking forward to? Okay. First of all, I love this week because, Brandon, there's so much football. Between the NFL and college football, starting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like Sunday, Monday, every day. And it's not just games. These are all good, mostly good games. Got the Egg Bowl on Thursday night, 730. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know what people are doing. You know, I know people are eating their turkey on Thursday. But look, the Egg Bowl will be on. Will you be watching that over some... Some uh, NFL games that are on, I don't know. But the Egg Bowl is something you always have to look at. Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. Need more cowbell. That's right. 
Uh, a game I think is underrated is Farmageddon. Iowa State versus Kansas State. I think that game could pretty, be pretty good Saturday night at 8 p.m. We'll see what we'll see what is really going on over at Farmageddon. Rocco Beck's got a soft spot in my heart for Anthony Beck's son, starting quarterback, freshman, redshirt freshman over there at Iowa State. What is why am I why am I forgetting this? What's Oregon, Oregon State called? What's what's rivalry called? Civil War. Is it a civil war? I thought it was a civil war. Mm-hmm. Okay. Civil War. Brandon, that's on Friday. So you, you have Ole Miss, Mississippi State on Thursday. Then you, on Friday, you have Oregon State, Oregon, number six versus number 16. Um, that's that's a big game. And then you have the game. The game Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. You're with me. Like everybody else in the country, we all can agree, except for the 80-year-old people in the Big Ten who refuse to change from tradition. That starting this game, Michigan, Ohio State at noon is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Well, it's been played like that for a hundred years. Who cares? They played That's it under the prime. lights. They played it under the lights with Troy Smith uh when when they were one and two. I don't mind that they played at noon. In fact, I kind of like it. Gotta be honest. Okay. Well, I wish it was a night game because I feel like it's more of a night game, but I understand. There's, there's plenty of games at night, though. That's my thing. There's plenty of games at night. Yeah. Uh, I like the you Auburn, got... Alabama's at 3.30. And by the way, the funniest thing is Auburn lost last week to a terrible team. Did you New see Mexico that? New Mexico State. New Mexico State. And I think people are thinking, oh, well, this means that Alabama should roll. Theoretically, no, it yes. Doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they're on, anything. They're only 14-point favorites. Now, I know you think 14 points is a lot of points. Not when you're playing stink all uh, uh, Auburn, who just lost to New Mexico State, and it's 6-5. and five. This game is always close. It's in Auburn. The Iron Bowl is for real, and we got to go one day. We really have to go one day. We got to go. We got to go. But we also have to go, so let's do the NFL now. Real quick. Apple Cup, which is Washington, Washington State. And yeah. then... Another game that I want to come back, I want it to come back to be a great thing, like Miami and Florida State. It's Florida, Florida State. Somehow, Florida can't get any good. Actually, none of them teams in Florida can be any good. But, you know, growing up in the 90s, Florida, Florida State, Miami, those were that's what was big. Florida, Florida State is also 7 o'clock on Saturday. All right, let's get to the NFL. I'm looking forward to Steelers Bengals. I want to see that new look Steelers offense, the new offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach is now going to be calling plays. I want to see if the Bengals can bounce back, figure out what their problem is. Steelers Bengals is what I'm looking forward to on Sunday. Brandon, without looking, don't look, don't look. Give me the teams that are playing on Thanksgiving. Should Detroit, be able to three of them. Detroit, Dallas, and Chicago. Good, good. It's close. Detroit always plays, Cowboys always play, and it's 49ers. Those are three of the six, uh, excuse me, three of the six teams playing. It's Packers, Lions, Cowboys, Commanders, 49ers against Gino. Gino. At 8.20 on Thursday. Friday is the first Black Friday football game ever. You can see the man, Tyree Kill, play against the New York Jets. That's on Prime Video Friday. Saturday. The big games, man, um, I would say Steelers-Bengals, but now that Joey B isn't playing, I, I guess you want to see what the Steelers' offense could do with the new offensive coordinator. I don't know what's going to happen. What am first. I talking about? I completely forgot Joe Burrow wasn't playing. I don't care about that game. Never mind. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, you know I what? completely forgot he ruptured that tendon in his wrist. 
Do you know what the un, uh, uh, un, un, uh, undercover great game is this week? Brown, Browns Broncos. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. No, that's great. Great defense and Bron- Broncos are resurging. They really are. And DTR's got the Browns going. The Jaguars and Texans. Oh, yes. Yeah. CJ Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence. And both these teams are trying to fight to be the fourth, third best team in the AFC. They have both have really good wins. The Texans coming on strong. Um, yeah, yeah. These are these are two of the, you know, the young money, you know, new money coming up. Bills Eagles should be good too. We'll see. By the way, the Chiefs beat the I've never seen the Eagles beat up the way the Chiefs beat the Eagles up. When I say out physical, they out physical them on the offensive line and the defensive line. How the Chiefs didn't win? Well, the receivers. Valdez Cantley dropping that pass. Watson dropping multiple wide open passes, including the fourth down. Even Jalen Hurts afterwards really was out of words of how the Eagles won. Doesn't matter. Win is a win. And Chiefs, ha ha ha. That's what you get for being arrogant and not going to get a receiver. With that being said, <laughs> Brandon, it's hard for me to see anybody beating the Chiefs because they play like trash against the best team in the NFC and they still should have won the game. Should have, would have, could have. I just think. AFC Burroughs hurt. Uh, Buffalo's not where they should should have been. Uh, Miami is inconsistent. NFC maybe the Niners bounce back, but the Bengals took them to the woodshed. The Eagles, I just watched them against the Chiefs get dominated physically. The thing that they do, it's hard to see anybody winning but the Chiefs. But those are my two cents. Well, that's what we got this week. We did it real quick. Went through our show. Hope you enjoyed it. It's the best we got this time of day for this time of year. Jeremy, I'm signing out. RBK out. Love us. We love you. Holla at your boys. Podcast Network.